Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Mudiwa Gawaza, and for today, we do get into a conversation about... Uh, um, you know what's going on over in the technology sector and more specifically um, what's going on over at uh, Foresight. We saw them, um, you know, releasing uh, their results just the other day and we're just going to be diving just into what has been happening for that full year uh, to uh, the 31st of December for 2022 and also just trying to understand, I guess, uh, where they are in terms of uh, their turnaround. Uh, there's been a lot of changes at the company over the last couple of years and uh, right now they seem to be in a uh, strong position reporting um, you know revenue growth or up by about a fifth and gross profit up by about a tenth and we're just going to be understanding what's going on and uh, we are joined uh, by the team we're joined by uh, Tosha Siska who is uh, the CEO over at Foresight together with uh, Willie Ackerman who is uh, Chief Sales and Marketing Officer just to give us a little bit of insight into that. Um, Tushis, just to start with you, maybe you could run us through, you know, what you think are some of the salient points before we unpack uh, a little bit uh, in terms of the detail around these results. Yes, thank you, Mariwe. Um yeah, it's really been an excellent year for us and um, the future is just looking extremely good for us as well. I think when um, I became CEO three and a half years ago, um, you know, the, the first thing that hit, it, hit us was COVID in the beginning of 2020 and we had to survive, you know, all of that. But we were totally geared for that. Then we had like 23 companies in the group and we reduced that by half, you know, consolidating a lot and, um, you know, um, closing some of the stuff that didn't um, really fit or make money. Um, but we're really on a solid track now. And I think those first year or the few months um, when I took over, you know, we had to get the shares trading back, um, you know, the audit qualifications out of the door and all that stuff. So we are we are running a very, very clean book now with a solid strategy that we defined beginning of 2020. We tuned it during that year. We started the whole marketing um, branding exercise as well to one foresight and everybody is totally on board today. You know, we implemented a very strong shared services um, that's um, across the group and the four um, the, uh, clusters, you know, that's really um, in production, you know, they. They just focus on what they do very well, and that is the delivery. You know, that's the information technology side, the operational technology, all the engineers and the business environment, that data analyst um, and, the, and the modern digital enterprise guys, you know, the platforms. And then we have uh, the big session, section, a third of our turnover coming from the channel partners. You know, Nick Poet are running that for us very well. Um, going into the rest of the world, what, what we do well with um, where we service 800 other partners. So we partner very well playing in the blue, blue ocean, you know, for the future. And it's really looking excellent. And that's why 
the growth, you know, even the group revenue that went up 20% with a market where in the last few years, you know, a lot of the products that we resell turned into subscription model of um, revenue. So even with that, we instead of doing that big capital sales, you know, it's now called, um, you know, I always say biggie, biggie buy a little bit, little bit lots, you know, um, we could um, increase that 20%. And that's just the expansion with all our ISV partners like Microsoft, Sage, Aspen Tech, you know, um, all these big, big, what I call the big gorillas, you know, doing business with us. So that that really placed us in a good position. Solid growth, the biggest growth in that revenue was on the consulting revenue side, where we um, um, actually add the value to our customers, you know, and then the rest just followed. Cash followed, double digits, operating profit, 94% up, you know, um, through, for, for 2022. Perhaps you could also then give us a little bit of insight because uh, you're, you've got a couple of levers when it comes to, you know, revenue. You've already, you know, spoken about how, you know, one of the big areas of strength was the consulting piece. Uh, the fact that you do have uh, channel partners through which you are going out into the market at the same time. Um, I know that there's a direct, so there's some direct business that you guys do. And then um, you spoke about some of the partners, the likes of Sage, Microsoft. Uh, for someone who isn't, you know, too familiar with the business, maybe you could give us just the the, the top revenue lines. Um, you know how you know that money is coming in. Is it um, is it own IP? Is it uh, you know the reseller type of model? Uh, simply because um, when we talk about uh, you know companies in in, in uh, technology and IT, they tends to be a, you know some lumping you know some people think of systems integrators as being vendors and you know and the like so just uh, to understand where you guys fall on that uh, uh, particular on that particular scale yes so i think the the big thing that we do now is you know one of the big one of the pillars of digital transformation is your your uh, innovation or the transformation of your product and they Typically in our industry, it turned into as a service. So a big thing for us today is that we do deals where we, um, it's not a, a capital capex thing for a customer. You know, we say, okay, let's do this over two years. You know, and it's pay as you go over over two years as a software as a service or consulting as a service or development as a service. You know, um, and that's in line with the with the with the software trends as well. So. So that was a big differentiator for us. We're moving towards a 70% recurring revenue model because of this for foresight. Um, so our big drive is still the um, not the selling of the products, you know, just uh, to be uh, 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 selling onwards to other guys, but to really um, uh, uh, innovate around those products. And we've got a lot of IP that we built on top of other platforms, you know, like a business process management, what we call full flow workflow product that's sitting on the ERPs for total procurement um, spend, you know, and that last week we integrated that already with ChatGPT, you know, so it's that, um, so that to be on the forefront of that technology and we we had live demos to our staff in our innovation our last year, last week where we showed that chat, um, you know, basically create that entire workflow for three-way matching on ERP systems in the workflow. And then you simply, you know, link it, um, you know, the, the APIs into the um, accounting ERP system. So so for businesses, ChatGPT must still go a long way 
Um, and security is definitely a big issue there or a challenge, you know, that you can't open your business with all your delegation of authority rules or whatever um, for that integration. So that's the one of the big things is definitely um, integration or um, uh, innovation on our own products. Yeah. All right. Now, I'm certainly going to come back to the chat GPT, you know, aspect uh, later on in the discussion, because um, I've been I've been quite um, entertained, you know, amused, um, you know, to some extent just around uh, how different companies are actually approaching um, uh, this issue of generative AI. You know, some, you know, deciding that they're going to ban um, or be very skeptical about what it is, you know, whereas others are choosing to embrace it. And it sounds like, um, you know, Foresight is playing, you know, on the latter part of that particular scale. Uh, Willie, um, bringing you into, you know, the discussion here, um, one of the big things that you guys highlight in the results is the fact that, um, you know, um, you're saying that uh, uh, part of the strength uh, uh, when it came to increasing revenue um, was uh, a dual um, go-to-market strategy. Um, jargon aside, you know, just putting it into into simple layman's terms, um, you know, what what does that actually mean? And uh, is it something that you guys continue to do, you know, going forward? Or has it been one of those things that um, you think um, was helping you for now as you were, I guess, transitioning and going through that turnaround? Uh, thanks, Madiwe. No, it's definitely a strategy that will stay. Um, I think it's actually we're going to keep on enhancing it. But basically what it uh, means um, is that we've split the the customer base and the focus into a direct and an indirect model. Um, where the direct model, what we mean there is we target the top listed companies. So our big enterprise companies, we actually engage directly with. So, so that's the... Um, the top companies where it's multinationals, it's big global companies, mostly listed on the JSE. So we believe their key account management is critical um, and we need to understand and work with the business. So there we have a very, very specific um, management team that um, works directly with the with the customer and we do account planning with the customers and we understand the customer's industry very well and we actually craft our solutions to support the customer. Where the indirect model is where we actually have uh, close to 800 partners now. So that's where we um, enable our partners to actually go to their customers. So from a sales point of view, it's very nice because we actually um, have salespeople in that side. So we actually have 800 partners. Now, if you think if 800 partners each have one sales guy, it's actually 800 salespeople. So it's a very nice model for us. It works very well. And it also keeps us all the time thinking of simplicity on how do we simplify our solutions? How do we um, box our solutions? How do we make it easy to go to market? So it's um, actually forcing innovation into the company backwards. Um, and then we can deliver that solutions again on a direct side and the indirect side so so the model definitely is not going to disappear it is complex because there is all the time um, you need to understand that we don't compete with our partners because we don't want to um, uh, compete with our partners so we have a very on a direct side we have um, named counts where on the partner side be more open and let them go into Africa and all the different countries so we represented in 55 countries on that side so um, so the model works very very well for us and uh, it's a model that we will keep on going we've even gone so far now to from the partner side we actually do market market 
marketing as a service for them because it is smaller businesses. So it also is helping us to um, contribute to the to the country um, and enabling smaller companies to actually be able to compete with um, bigger companies. So we back them from a foresight point of view and help them to grow their companies. So it's a definitely a model that won't disappear from our side. Uh, certainly sounds like something that uh, you know is working for you guys where you can decentralize some of the sales efforts but at the same time be able to centralize uh, some of the the marketing and the branding communications part of it you know from what you're saying um are you able to share um what the balance is you know between um your direct and indirect uh, you know business yeah, it's a bit, I'll say, I'll say close to one third. Um, so yeah, maybe our one third of our business is channel um, and um, two thirds is direct. Um, and um, I mean, the idea will be to get to a 50-50, but that is as we grow, um, the 50 actually is not that small. So, <laughs> but it's actually, if we can get that balance, um, it's very, very nice. So, um, because it gives us the, the flexibility all the time, but it also gives us the, the strength and the reach um, because um, a lot of our partners is in the Africa countries, and um, I think um, a lot of businesses will agree it's um, not easy to do business in, in Africa and to get your money. But with the model that we have adopted, we actually have localization. So we actually work through our partners and they in the local in in entity and also in that countries, it's better accepted because we enable um, workforce and we create um, work in, in the different countries, but it is local companies that work um, in, in the different countries. Uh, perhaps when it comes to you know something like that, um, uh, one of the things that uh, Tosh has mentioned at the beginning was the fact that part of um, the new strategy and the turnaround is this one foresight, you know, part of, uh, you know, part of the equation, um, because uh, I, I guess branding has had to be a big part um, of things as you guys were, you know, reinventing yourselves. Um, how do you feel, um, Willie, about, uh, about, I guess, Foresight's brand? Uh, are, are, do people know the brand has been growing? And also when you are going out into some of these markets, um, I'm, I'm guessing on the continent, are you guys going out as Foresight? Uh, or are you guys uh, sort of going out, um, you know, uh, in the name of uh, whatever partners you're working with in those markets? So, so um, direct, we go as foresight. Um, it's been a journey. And to be honest, it is not a, I think if anyone thinking that you um, put together a lot of entrepreneurial small companies and you, with 20 years history and you just remove the brand, um, that is not the case. <laughs> There's a lot of emotion coupled to the brand. <laughs> so, so we had to consider the emotion attached to it, but also the credibility in the market. So we had to, um, over the three-year period, transition from um, dual branding to single branding um, to where we are now in 2023, it is the foresight brand. So so it's more foresight with the different clusters um, and we totally removed the legal entity brands into the go-to-market strategy. Um, in the partner network, um, we do have um, what we refer to as alliances. So it's a bit of a um, where some of the companies trade um, and it's powered by foresight. So, um, so in those, uh, some of the uh, some of them trade as powered by, but the other partners trade in their own name. But um, they love to use us as the big brother behind. So, so a lot of our marketing material 
um, they actually can co-brand. So they will leave our brand on it and then um, put their brand on it to go to a customer so that they can see that there's backing behind them and there's a, a big brother that has the solutions and um, support it. So our brand is very well known now. Um, I must say that we pass the areas where we need to really go out and try and um, tell everyone who we are. Um, it's now people are actually coming to us um, on social media. You'll see our followers um, tripled um, on the following. So um, we, our presence is, is very, very well known into um, in the country now. Um, and we also get invited to tennis and everything now without asking because they just know um, foresight. So we are we a big believer of um, reference. So for us, each product project that we deliver to a customer, the idea is that the customer must be a reference for us. Um, if we can't achieve that, then um, we we didn't succeed. So that's um, so I think our brand talks for itself, and our customers is our biggest reference that we need to drive. All right. Um, you know, one hopes that, um, you know, the brand does continue to grow in the market and especially, you know, just given uh, the relatively short period within which you guys have been turning things around. Um, that's a, that's a lot of good progress. Uh, Trisha, in this last piece, um, of the discussion, just, uh, looking into the future, um, a little bit, you know, two big things that, uh, we are curious about. The first one being there's all this revenue growth, very good, um, you know, profit growth that you guys are seeing. Um, how are you looking to spend uh, the money? I'm pretty sure that this is the question uh, that uh, you'll also be facing, you know, when you go on the investor roadshows as well, or when you engage with investors as, you know, what do you do with the money? Um, I think we've been seeing some of the expansion, um, you know, places like Namibia, um, and, you know, some of the investments into AI, etc. But um, at the moment, how, how are you thinking about um, how, how to spend uh, your money? So um, our policy is very simple, you know, that we want to spend a third of our profits every year, um, the next year on innovation. So that's to finance a new product expansion. Um, and then, I mean, that's capitalized and then you write it off over the period, the lifespan of the product or as you sell it. Um, so it, 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 it um, so that cycle is um, doing very well for us. Um, and then, um, you know, we say a third is also for, um, for, for growth like acquisitions, you know. So we're definitely looking at some stuff now. Um, you know, um, we want to expand, um, you know, um, not only in South Africa, but somewhere else as well. Um, and then, um, you know, and then we keep a third for reserves, you know. So we, we had that share buyback in of last year, you know, where we reduced our share rolling with 20%. And despite that cash going out, you know, we still grew 20%. So, um, so we very, very cautious um, with the cash. We don't have huge debts, you know, we don't finance anything. Um, so we, we run a very simple business based on very solid business rules, you know. So, um, yeah, so I think the biggest spend future innovation, you know, um, looking at little um, acquisitions definitely now. Um, and we'll probably have to look during the year at dividends as well for our shareholders. 
Um, that sounds like, a, you know, quite a prudent, uh, I guess, approach to capital allocation that you guys have, um, you know, one third, one third um, when it comes to when it comes to your investments going forward. And uh, one of the I'm very curious to see the types of investments uh, that uh, Foresight is going to be making, uh, because there already seems to be I, I, I alluded to it earlier on, there already seems to be a bet on, you know, your AI um, and the like and that's where I wanted to, you know, perhaps um, end off today's discussion, getting bo- uh, thoughts from both of you um, just around, uh, you know, AI and how you guys are seeing things going forward. And uh, one of the things I'm curious about uh, is the fact that I think this week in the United States, there was a big petition that was filed by some of the uh, large, uh, some of the big influential technology names, including Elon Musk himself, um, who ironically is be, is uh, one of the founders of OpenAI, which is behind ChatGPT, uh, to say perhaps um, tech companies should slow down, you know, with what they're teaching these AI systems until. Uh, appropriate guardrails can be put around, um, you know, some of these systems. So just your thoughts around having AI as a strategy and um, your thoughts just around where you see um, AI going. Uh, Willie, I'll start with you. Yeah, maybe um, Tassius will go in a bit more detail on chat, uh, the chat and everything. Um, just maybe from a foresight point of view, I think um, the thing that you never need uh, must forget about, and you'll see that we talk about Industry 5.0 and Enterprise 5.0 from a foresight point of view. So we've more moved beyond um, Industry 4.0, where it's all about the tech. It's all about the technology and um, creating AI. So 5.0 is where we want to bring in the people component. So, and I think that is what scares a lot of people on AI. Everyone is in this mindset that AI is going to replace all the jobs and AI is going to replace the people. Um, And our notion is more that um, AI will actually um, assist you in your job. So the people component mustn't be underestimated. So we have a very big drive in it, what we call adoption and change management, to make sure that um, the people actually adopt and change and utilize AI correctly. So I think there's a bit of a misperception that um, people think it's going to replace jobs. And um, from our side, it's more it's going to assist you to make better decisions, quicker decisions, more accurate decisions. And it's actually going to lift the workforce to a next level so that you can use AI um, differently. So I just wanted to put from an overall concept, um, just put that in bed, and then Tavis can maybe go more in detail on the innovation, on what we're actually doing in Foresight, because all of our products um, have an AI component, but like you say, it, you need to learn and teach it, and it takes time. Um, but we we have a bot that Tavis can maybe quickly talk about um, for Mia, um, a bot that we use actually for, um, for our customers. Yes. Yeah, um, it's interesting, you know, um, that um, people see a threat in this and we don't. Um, but, but the big thing is that we're in foresight, we focused on business solutions, you know, so we want to better the world, you know, in, in a business. And this is what the fourth, what we say when we built the, uh, uh, the uh, 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 Enterprise 5.0 organization. Um, uh, I think, uh, you know, I, I've said it before, you know, the, the 80s was big hardware, huge computers. The the 90s was networking. The 2000, that decade was 10 years, was the uh, internet expansion of connectivity. 
the twenty tens was mobility, everything mobile. And then everybody said the twenty twenties will be this ten years that we're in right now will be automation and everybody said more more cars and automation of drones and all that. And then COVID turned that into the automation of processes around people. And that's what we focus. That's why when you see, look at our website, you see people is red because people are still the most valuable asset that we need to manage in the hybrid work now. So the processes around people in business, that is where we see the big impact for GPT. I mean, uh, GPT stands for Generate Pre-Trained Transformer. So it's not transformation, it's transformer. Transformer is saying that is a that is a human. That's a thing that can decide, you know. So it's a it's a very carefully selected word that GPT, the T part especially. And that's where we say um, that we will use this technology, you know, to better business decisions, you know, that that, that I always say, I, I think I say it a lot in every board meeting, uh, negative information is positive intelligence. So if somebody don't buy from you anymore, you should know before you decide that, you know, because there's indications why a person will not want to deal with you anymore. And that is where GPT will come in for business, you know, and there's still a huge um, a road to go down, you know, to, before you get that, because a lot of the data that they, GPT wants is inside organizations. So that is the, the next next thing that will happen is that the open up of or GPT inside ERP systems and workflow applications or whatever to better your business. But then we need to address the security around that. So that's been it. It's been a very fascinating uh, discussion uh, with uh, Tertius and Willie talking about uh, our Foresight's annual results, some of the big things that are driving um, uh, revenue growth, which is up, you know, over 20 percent, as well as profits uh, that were, you know, you know, close uh, over 90 percent um, higher. Uh, the big thing being uh, the fact that uh, the business is using a uh, dual strategy, um, which was explained to us in you know, you've got a balance uh, around 70% being direct um, business with uh, some of the large listed companies and then um, about a third of the business or 30% um, coming from partners, um, 800 or so partners that will be um, uh, helping Foresight to actually get into uh, some of these uh, different areas, particularly outside of South Africa. And then also just talking about, you know, going forward, um, what does the world of AI look like uh, because uh, Foresight has taken a big bet, um, you know, when it comes to artificial intelligence, infusing it with a lot of the solutions uh, that they are coming up with. And when it comes to uh, one of the latest iterations of their technology, which is generative AI, they're now infusing that um, into their systems. And it will be great to see, um, you know, where, where things are going to go, especially when you think about how uh, the likes of Microsoft are also infusing the same into the likes of uh, PowerPoint, Excel, and, you know, Word, you know, we do see uh, that uh, piece of AI uh, coming up, uh, being part of uh, enterprise solutions going forward. So it really does seem as if this is the trend. This is where uh, the market is going. So that's been it. We were chatting uh, to Tosha Sitska, who is uh, the CEO of over at Foresight, together with Willie Ackerman, who is uh, the chief uh, sales and marketing marketing officer. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you very much. Thanks very much.
And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcast on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight, which is a multimedia live production. So from myself and the rest of the team, it is a good evening, good afternoon, and good morning.